I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Take Variety Hour. Second Take Variety Hour is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Second Take Variety Hour. Oh, did I think of something the last two weeks to intro with? Did I? Did I? Oh, maybe this is it. Maybe I'm pretending that I didn't. Did you ever think about that? Did you? If you had something, you would have used it, Seb. This is it. This is what I'm using. <laughs> this is the this is the bit. You spent two weeks preparing that? Yeah. <laughs> you can wait till I do next week's even more. Um, I'm Sebastian. Hello. I'm Andy Shostler. Hello. Hello there. I am Jordan. We did it. A successful intro. Another week done. Ah, Success um, is relative, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> if, you set the, if you set the bar low enough, even, a, even an idiot can just walk over it. Um, <laughs> if you're joining us for the very first time, The Variety Hour is a show in which we all bring something that we've uh, consumed over the past week or so. Whether we love it or hate it, we bring it to the table and have a bit of a chat. Um, open discussion. Yeah. And quite often it... The conversation meanders into all sorts of unexpected territory. Yeah, sorry like about that, that. Like that one time we spent thirty-eight minutes on yogurt. Yeah, but there's more than three kinds of yogurt. <laughs> um, so my name is Sebastian, but you can call me Andy Shostler today because I'm talking about Star Wars. <gasps> How yeah, dare you? I know I've taken a bit. Um, what do you guys bring to the table today? I want to. I, I've talked about Mindfield before. Um, YouTube channel? Michael Stevens' uh, show, which was on uh, YouTube Red, YouTube Premium, or, or whatever it is. Mm. Uh, it's now available for free. Uh, as, uh, and as far as I'm aware, it's available for free from now on. Um, so I want to talk about two very specific episodes of that uh, just in time for Halloween. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike our Scream series, which is just in time and then way too late for Halloween. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spooky season goes as long as you need it to. Yeah, yeah but it, you shouldn't. We shouldn't be starting it like the week of <laughs> October. Should have been spook season. Well, in Scream tradition, which came out at Christmas time, we're ramping up for the for the festive season. There we go. Yeah. It all connects. <laughs> what are we? Do? We're actually doing the best Christmas movie ever this year. It's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, I've forgotten its name. Oh no, Jingle, Jingle all the way. way. Ah. In my head, I had Last Action Hero, which we are which also, doing, also doing, but yeah. just before Christmas. Are we doing Santa with muscles at any point next year? <laughs> looking at, yeah, I'm very excited. There's so many wrestling movies I've slotted in next year. You're welcome. About literally a month's worth. A month of wrestling movies. Oh, God. You're more welcome. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan, what are you bringing to the table today? Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about what has quickly become one of my favorite television shows, uh, Nathan For You. Oh, um, heard of that one. Well, I'll tell you all about I it. I can't oh, wait. Very good. 
Well, I'm going to start with Star Wars. Let's just get this done because this is always, always ends up being an argument point on the show yep. for some reason. I went ahead and watched the trailer, the latest trailer for um, the one that looks like trash, Luke yep. Skywalker's yeah. holiday. Um, well, no, no, that was it called. See, um, I've purposely not watched it which because is what, the last few have just in the entire movie. So, like, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go into this one blind. This, this one does it too. Uh, I thought I, this trailer I, I was better than the last. It. I, it doesn't like. It seems to give away big plot points. I'm sure it doesn't and, you know, Disney's keeping a lot of things secret. Abrams is a very secretive director, uh, generally. I'm not saying he's sure. a good director, <laughs> although I do enjoy oh, no, I do he, enjoy a lot of his films. He's a, he a good director. He's not the best writer. I think, oh, he's, he's a very simplistic writer, but as, as a director, he's terrifically competent. I always enjoy the mysteries he gives us. Yeah. I always hate the payoffs that come from them. Yeah. But hey, and, that, and that's a writing. And this issue. this should yeah. be a payoff film in theory because this is episode three in the mm-hmm. news trilogy. So this is the one like you don't want to be asking questions, <laughs> especially because Disney has said well we do have a lot of topics, a lot of things to talk about with this topic actually. So this is the end of the Skywalker series apparently. I mean, hold your breath. How long until they decide there's more, no money outside of that? Oh, look, that really did end with Return of the Jedi. Oh uh, no, I think you like, find it continued with the Force <laughs> Awakens. <laughs> Disney <laughs> continued the story, but. As a, I mean, it had its payoff, and yeah, yeah, everything so, was everything was done at the end of Return of the Jedi. How yeah. did how did that Han Solo movie do commercially? It was a bit, is there money outside of Skywalker? Bomb did it? It did very poorly, but but in Star Wars terms or in general? In general, oh okay. Yeah, I mean, it ran over budget, and it had a bunch of reshoots as well, yeah, like a lot of reshoots. And again, probably not. Because the film was bad, just because Disney wanted it to be a particular thing. The guys that made it were the Lego Movie guys originally, and they oh, kind okay. of made it as a comedy. And Disney was like, "Oh God, you've killed our Solo. Yeah. You're fired." Right. And then they put in Ron Howard. Ron Howard, yeah. yeah. I was, oh, was going to say right. it was yeah. um, Red Ginger Boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Commercially, it it went very poorly, but people it, were pissed off from at the, the Last, last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. So it, right. it was the first Carried film over. after it was the first film after the Last Jedi. It was. Uh, yeah, had had production problems in the sense that Disney and the directors were clashing uh, quite a bit. Um, but the actual movie, I thought it was fantastic. I had fun. I, I enjoyed I, it. I yeah. really liked it. That's what I found. I like said pretty much summed it up good. It was fun. Yeah, like it was fun. And I, I, inconsequential. Doesn't <laughs> really you know yeah. retcon anything from the past no. as much. Just a fun little movie. It's I want to see Han Solo versus Darth Maul with spider legs, but I don't, I'm <laughs> apparently getting that movie anymore. So thank you, people that hated the Last Jedi, which by the way I also thought was a fine movie. It's yeah. fine. Star Wars has always been a big bag of it's fine. I've never loved a Star Wars movie. See, I'm the same. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of people get up in arms about like these newer movies. I'm just like, I I, I had fun. From a technical standpoint, <laughs> they're all better than the old movies. Well, they all yeah. look fantastic. The acting is actually better. I'm gonna say like modern acting is better than older acting. Older acting I always find to be a bit wooden or wooden. Modern acting tends to be a bit more emotive. And I know I'm talking in, in big, bold terms there. But honestly, I think every single performance by any lead in the new trilogy, well, I mean that that the last one because I haven't seen it yet, obviously is better than any performance we got in any of the other 20 movies before them. And I will throw fists. Oh, <laughs> I got hands ready to... Yep. Don't look at me like that. I'm going to wait for... I'm going to wait for Andy to weigh in before I choose which side of the fence I land in on this one. <laughs> no, I, uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, they definitely have a visual style to them. Yes. Uh, and it's... Okay, 
Star Wars uh, A New Hope was the first one that was, you know, Lucas taking a risk, a, a studio taking a risk on, on him, whereas, you know, Empire had had at least some sort of backing from the success of Star Wars behind it. So they could throw a bit more money at it and, and done. And when they're remastered and, and cleaned up, they look just as good as any mo- modern film. Force Awakens, though, yeah. I think was just absolutely gorgeous film. Looks so nice. Looks great, yeah. yeah. Look I'm, I'm, I'm talking purely from no. like a visual standpoint. <laughs> yeah. They obviously, obviously look, they it, look better. It didn't have any story problems either because it was literally a new hope. I think it was a better version of a new hope. <laughs> but, um, yeah. uh, maybe, yeah. But I don't know. It's tr- Storytelling in movies has become faster. So I completely understand you thinking that A New Hope was slow, you know. I watch it now and I kind of think, yeah, it's, you know, I wait for the good bits, right? For yes. the for the, um, for the important story arcs and everything else, it's just, okay, that's whatever you can, you know, yeah. look at your phone or talk to someone in the meantime because you know what's happening. It's not really all that important. So a bit of background on this as well. So Kevin Feige, who's kind of been running Marvel for, well, pretty much since Iron Man as like a producer role, is now fully in charge of the MCU. So his role, which the role I assumed he did have, he now actually has. <laughs> um, but he's also been, he works for Disney, obviously. And well, now has what a- What do Marvel and Disney have to do with one another? Well, mate, it's crazy, right? <laughs> um, but now he's working on Star Wars. Right. Um, okay, so they, they brought him so in he's like in well. charge of the direction of that yeah. whole franchise. So he's gonna be a very busy boy. Yeah. I think his role in Marvel is very rich greater person. than his role in Star Wars. But they've been like, no, you were you know behind a very well loved cinematic universe <laughs> telling multiple stories, but all telling like the one story as well. Fix our Star Wars. <laughs> so, um, the, which is hey, not a bad pull because he's a, he's a fan of it and good choice. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at Star Wars films as effectively popcorn films, he's not a bad choice for that role either because mm. that's what they are, and that's not a problem. The problem with Star Wars is. Luke Skywalker is an awesome character. He has a lot of of story arc and personal development from uh, A New Hope to the end of uh, Return of the Jedi. Fantastic character, robust, and played beautifully by Mark Hamill. Uh, in these ones, they kind of shit on the character. And, I mean, Luke Skywalker is Star Wars, mm. right? You can think it's Darth Vader, but it's... Luke Skywalker. That's. I always think it's Jabba. <laughs> <laughs> They're all characters in it, but it's about yeah. Luke. It's about him discovering, the, or, or about Anakin as well. But you know, Burr. we're following Luke the the, the whole time. Yeah, much more than we do uh, Anakin. Um, but in the newer ones, I mean, Force Awakens, he's not in it until the very end. I didn't mind that though. I thought that was. Uh, I, I like the whole. I, I like his actual story about okay. his disillusionment with the Jedi. Great stuff. But it's not really explored until the Last Jedi, and even then they kind of fuck it up by making him this coward. Um, what was his story? I'm trying to remember now because he he saw that Kylo was going like super dark and was like might want to kill that. Yeah, that's and then he not, didn't, which is also no, good. No, the whole thing is stupid. I can see if you dedicated the majority of your life to preserving, you know, everything that's right with people, with humanity, keeping everyone alive. You know, fighting the good fight, mm-hmm. and then you saw just under your nose was the next Hitler. I mean, bad comparison, but here we are on the internet. We've reached that. His father goal. was Darth Vader, and yeah. he refused to kill him because he thought he could be redeemed. Yeah, which why would he kill? But he didn't kill his nephew, who he's still training, and he senses he may be. He's not 
evil incarnate. He just senses that he might be a little bit bad. Why would he kill him? But he didn't kill him. Is the point? That's it's he out put, of character. No, if he had, if he had, if he had gone for the swipe and tried to kill him, I would agree. But he did. He went for it, and then he's like, mm, no, there's a better way of doing this, and went to pull back, and then he was caught by Kylo. So it was one of those no. dodgy, have your cake and eat it too. We're going to no. have him get the consequences of the action he didn't commit. Don't buy it. But I, I like the idea of him considering it, but not actually going through with it because that shows that he, you know, it's complicated. It wasn't just like an easy, well, I'm going to have to train him harder. Like, that would be terrible. <laughs> I would Luke, be angry if his plan was to train him harder. Luke Skywalker rejecting the Jedi is an interesting you know, way to go. Mm. But they didn't do it because of... Uh, it, Luke Skywalker in, in, in the new trilogy didn't leave the Jedi Order because of you know, some principled thing. He left because he was done with it. You know, it was about telling Ray's story, mm. and they completely shit on the character in order to, in in order to do that. And it's cheap. If you're just going to do that, then don't have him in there. But they can't not have him in there because then it doesn't feel like Star yeah. Wars. I'm going to let you have this because I definitely don't no. care <laughs> as much about this as you do, and I'm not going to win, and so that's fine. Um, because I don't know. I, 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 it's fine. I don't care about these movies as much as like <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll defend my point on them, but I don't actually care. Like it's. Luke's a funny character in that he's in these films and he drinks milk sometimes. That was my whole kind of thing with it. Like there was a lot of people getting angry about that movie. Like the one just gone and yep. like the way that Luke Skywalker was portrayed. And I was just like, yeah, you're not wrong, but I don't care enough to fight you on it. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason is that it's such a shame that a good character was put to such poor use. Yeah, that's, has that, such that's a, not wrong. And has such a poor resolution. I liked that he kind of became the the fuddled Yoda character, though. But he wasn't. <laughs> in in Last Jedi, he was. I mean, no, I mean that. Okay, that may be what he was intended to be, but that's not how he came off. Oh, that's how I talk. Well, but it's been a while since I've, I saw it the one time when we yeah. reviewed it, two three years ago, whatever it was. Like, <laughs> yes, Yoda was in exile because the Jedi were being hunted. Yep. Luke Skywalker left because he was sad. Oh. Don't yeah. want to kill my nephew. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this new trailer though. It looks like crap. Uh, no, no. So, sorry, it looks like it's all spectacle, mm. and you know, sword fights and ships and things. It, it looks like it's going to look great, but there's going to be no substance to it whatsoever. I th it's all going to be about the special effects. I think well, that's intentionally. A lot of, that's a lot of Abrams' work, though. Mm. It's a lot of style over substance. But you need substance. You do. You need a story. In, in fact, that's the only thing that people care about. Good stories that look like crap are entirely forgiven for their, for their looking like crap yeah. because the story's so good. Legitimately, though, I think that there is going to be a deep, like a, a lot of story. Because he wants to, he's been kind of brought back in to fix what was broken. <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of that. I just think that we're not seeing it because they don't want to show us. Maybe. They're going to sell it on the visuals and then actually, I think that I will be surprised. I'm banking on there being a genuinely good story in this one. Does the trailer indicate the story of the film or is it just vanity shots? Um, from my gatherings, from watching a couple of different trailers, Raising it. Raising it. Oh, great. <laughs> She's going on a journey. Yes, that. It looks like she got where her journey brings her. It looks like the wreckage of the Death Star. Yeah. So we might be back on like one of the moons of Endor where the, fr the, where the, where the little hobbits are. Main Ewoks. character goes on a journey. Got it. Yep. Finds a MacGuffin. <laughs> yep. Um, has a red lightsaber. 
Yep, I don't know. Right on. <laughs> I'll take it. Sure. I mean, we're watching it anyway. I mean, they'll, they'll get clicky they'll get my fifteen lightsaber. bucks. Yeah, that looks nasty. <laughs> so stupid. I like how like we didn't make the slightest of changes. <laughs> I I like the cross guard one that um Carlo has. Yeah, I the, like what's it. What's the point? Yeah, it looks fun. It's fine. I don't know. They did weird ones in the prequels. Dooku had the the bendy gun style one. That was just the, his handle. Yeah, but it was ben, and this is yeah. It was Darth like Maul had like the double. Saber he had the saber. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, but that was just a staff. Whereas this one is who has a hinged staff? Uh, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my choice to make, but they're just just saying fun. But I mean, at least make it telescopic. You know, batons are tele- telescopic. Which I thought they would they? do because she had a pole in the um yeah. in the first one. I was waiting for her to get a lightsaber on a long stick. Just <laughs> giving her a bendy two-part stick. That's right. That's just fine. get her a board with a nail in it and be done with it. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly right. But I don't know. It's not as bad looking as I thought it would be because I went in watching this final trailer expecting it. There's a lot of there's a lot more hints to um, Sidious. Okay. Um, there, his voice is a lot more um, prevalent in it. Ian McDonald, is it? McDermott. McDermott has done a more posting on Twitter in regards to the film as well. And from memory, we see, you know, like the red guard that always followed the yes. emperor around? We see one of those, but his head is replaced with a computer screen. Right. And it kind of flickers on and you see like the bottom half of the emperor's face. Yeah. So robot emperor, I don't even know or yeah. care. I'll <laughs> take it because he was a fun part of all the movies. Yeah. I even enjoy him in the prequels because he's, he's batshit insane. And yeah. I love it because he's, He's the Red Skull in Captain America. <laughs> Everyone's trying to do the serious World War II movie and Hugo Weaving is doing a, a straight you know, 60s comic book movie. <laughs> that's and right. that's really fun. And that was like Ian McDermott is for me in these films. He's just laughing his way through it all. So <laughs> all I'm actually the way excited. to the bank. Yeah. So I'm excited. I shouldn't be that though. That makes one of you. I mean, yep. I, I go into every new Star Wars movie cautiously optimistic. Yeah. But like I said, I don't care about it enough to really have any feeling coming out of the cinema other than like oh yeah that was a fun yeah. two and a half hours yeah. I can't unless name. of course it's not Yeah, but track record I enjoy going to the movies to see a Star Wars film I can't name a single Star Wars film I've watched where I haven't pulled up my phone halfway through and be like oh god I've got too much time left like it's <laughs> they're, oh they're so long okay but that's me I'm done I was grinding my teeth in Last Jedi I didn't, I didn't get angry I didn't get sad I was just the, here it is it's a film it's just a Star Wars film, and they're all they're all the same to me. No, I'm I know, sorry. I know, yeah. it's, I know. It's just a film. I know it's just a little bit of art, but I no, no. It films it. make me angry. If they if they <laughs> take a property that I like and fuck with it, I'll get upset about that. It's just I've never cared about Star Wars, no, so if for me, it's I can still see a good choice from a bad choice. But for me, it's like, well, <laughs> you've ruined the thing I don't care about. <laughs> good on you, mate. Yeah. So I, I know I'm in the minority, though. There's a lot of people really hold Star Wars so near and dear, and so are the many other people that like the direction that Disney's taking it and so be it. Yeah. Well, that's me. I'm done. I retire <laughs> undefeated from Star Wars <laughs> discussions. Well, uh, Mindfield, um, Michael Stevens has an episode uh, there titled What is the Scariest Thing? Um, and in it he tries to explore is there is there any universal thing that will scare everybody no matter how old they are or what their um, awareness is, what their capabilities uh, are. Um, and along the way, you sort of learn. It's a, a documentary series, the whole thing. It takes mm. one one little topic and, and explores it. Um, in it, he sort of expl- explores what fear is and okay. where it comes from. Um, so the uh, amygdala, the portion of the brain, is 
the essentially the flight or um, fight or the flight, flight. Uh, yeah. response uh, comes from comes from that, and the amygdala is uh, sort of responsible for um, interpreting information and presenting you know whether or not it should be something to be afraid of. Um, throughout it, uh, he he generates this sort of inner ring of fear of these you know twelve or so fundamental. Uh, you know things that that we're all afraid of, like isolation, uh, mm-hmm. disease, um, all and all of these things. Uh, what what makes us afraid is that all of these things can potentially lead to death for one reason or another. Some you know very very quickly, some in a, in, in a very roundabout kind of way, but the end could be could be death, and that's why we get a fear response from them. Mm. But. Um, None of those are universal, right? I mean, being isolated, some people like it. You know, some people seek that hermit life where there's nobody around and nobody can come help them if they need to. It's not, it's not something that they're afraid can happen because uh, um, it's so much more pleasant uh, to to take it. I mean, f- physical pain can be can be frightening, and people can be afraid that they're going to have some pain in coming. But some people get off on that. Uh, in weird ways, the dark. Not everybody's afraid of the dark. Not everybody's afraid of spiders. <clears throat> By the end of it, he uh, kind of says, "Okay, so nothing that we're afraid of is essentially universal. What about people who have a non-functioning amygdala, um, where they don't respond with fear to to anything? You know, there's mm. pictures of." these people holding snakes and interacting with spiders that are you know poisonous and venomous and they just don't have that reaction of being afraid of things that everybody else recognizes are potentially dangerous mm. uh, but they people people with that um, with that condition or a non-functioning uh, mm-hmm. amygdala for whatever reason um, are susceptible to uh, to one thing that that makes their body respond as if, it's as if they're afraid, um, with elevated heart things and that, and that sort of uh, fear of fear of death that comes along. And everybody's susceptible to it. There is one universal thing that we're that we're all afraid of. All, all, Are we all guessing? That Are we in, guessing that it? induces fear. Are we guessing it? Yes. Okay. So one thing that not everyone is afraid of. The language is important because it's not something that we're afraid of. It's it's something that induces fear in absolutely every human, no matter what. Um, a point of life they're in, infants, old people, teenagers, whatever, this thing induces fear or, Hun- the, or that fear response. Hunger. No. Really? Death. <laughs> well, again, death is, is sort of the primary reason of why we're afraid of, of things because mm. they, funny you should say suffocation because it's an increased concentration of carbon dioxide in the blood yep. is what, Really induces a fear-like reaction in absolutely everybody. You dial up the the CO two in your blood, and people, you know, it's it's almost like suffocation. That's that's sort of what it's yeah. replicating. Oh wow! Yeah, this is great. Fascinating, I'm, right? Yeah, I've been watching a shit ton of QI at the moment. Okay, yeah, and I've been trying to like workshop in my head. Is there a is there something similar in like a podcast? That exists in that <laughs> where you just go over like tripping stuff like this, but yeah. also like common misconceptions sort of things and have chats. Oh, you're tempting me hard with this one. Andrew. <laughs> you're tempting me hard. So yeah, you're hosting this m- mythical show on my brain. I'd love to. <laughs> yep. I'd love to be Discount Stephen Fry. Welcome Absolutely. to se- yeah. <laughs> Second Take Trivia Tuesdays. Ooh. <laughs> that's 
works surprisingly well. It's almost like I've been plotting it. <laughs> that's interesting. That's great. So though. that was nice. And there's another episode I watched ju- just before that one where um, uh, Michael Stevens explores how the brain works. The episode is titled The Stillwell Brain. Mm. And what he does is he goes back to his hometown of Stillwell and replicates a basic brain with like 200 volunteers on a football pitch. And they all act like neurons. The whole, the whole episode is about demonstrating how, how consciousness and compl- a complicated understanding of the world can arise from very basic interactions that you wouldn't call conscious or alive just on their own, mm. right? So in it, he, he, he has... Um, the way he does it is that he gets this... He gets uh, this this board with twenty five squares on it, so so a five by five uh, resolution screen or whatever, and he's going to write a number on it, and then the the first row of twenty five neurons are each going to respond to one of those pixels. So if it's got a line on it, right, they're going to raise their flag, and it's like the neuron firing. Yes, uh, that that receptor has has gone off, and then the way the the way the brain works is that it has a very simple the same way it has a very simple uh, front line of what what do you see and then a layer upon layer of of neurons behind that that interpret it in increasing complexity so the next layer down uh, after that will then fire if they have a particular series of of neurons so if all um so if 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 there's uh, in the show he has each neuron in in, in the second level looking at three neurons in front of them. And if all of them go off, right, then they go off. And that's meant to signal like a line mm-hmm. of, of, uh, um, of, of, of pickles, yep. right? So it's not just uh, individual dots. You could then see a line in a, in a particular way. And then the level after that, you know, picks up whether they're corners. The level after that sort of starts to group these corners and, and, and lines together to form shapes. And then the last layer kind of interprets, okay, if we put all these shapes together, what number is the most likely from all the shapes that we're, that we're seeing. Uh, and they guess uh, very nicely. They've got one guy at the back who's a, who's a, a brain, brain expert. He's then interpreting uh, the last layer of, uh, of 10 neurons as to which number Michael wrote down that these neurons mm. are, uh, are doing. And they get it right. It okay. works. They replicate the, the function of the brain, and it works so quickly. It's so nice to see, you know, everybody's flags going up in a really quick wave. Like it's mm. only a couple of seconds before they have an answer, and it's a. It really blew my mind how to, to see how a brain could work. Interesting. Uh, yeah. in, a, in a really simple way, it's it's a fascinating. It is episode. fascinating, yeah. yeah. Like how the brain actually works. Mm-hmm. And again, you get this very complex understanding of the world from all these simple processes. Okay, you need a lot of them, but when you structure them the right way and layer them the right way, you can have a very complex understanding very quickly from very simple inputs. Right. So mind field? Mind field. One word? Uh, two words. Two words? Okay. And it was YouTube premium before. Now it's all available for free. And that was by Michael Stevens, wasn't it? Yes. Who uh, is the creator of Vsauce. Oh, oh okay. Oh. Yeah. I recognise the name. Yeah. I actually know Michael Stevens Oh, you'll recognise well. him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. That sounds really interesting. So there we are. I've been learning this week. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, a lot of QI. That's yeah, all it's, I've it's done. Fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's great Le- stuff. Learning is fun. It was um, the not more to you know. too off topic. Um, in one of the QI ones I was listening to, they were talking about how, you know, in the medical field, a lot of stuff that you learn, you know, two years later is completely irrelevant and no longer the case. Yeah. 
and they were talking through um you know just how facts tend to change depending on you know obviously new information around them and everything yeah. and they had gone back and to like their series a their first one and gone back and found out how many incorrect or correct answers had now been ah. swapped and then they had a bunch of hosts on that show which were like from back in the season one oh, right. and they okay. were going back and awarding like retroactive points <laughs> and it was really funny because um one of the guys who's there is just mainly it's just as like a comedian he always gets everything wrong and it's very funny he was like owed like 700 different <laughs> answers that he had made that weren't correct at the time but are now correct because they always get you with like you know, you, they ask a really obvious question, but you know the answer ends up being something not so obvious, and it turns yeah. out no, no, you were you were correct. You're right. <laughs> um, so we yeah, now know that. Yeah. yeah, we we now can quantify that you were in fact correct, <laughs> even though you weren't technically correct last time. <laughs> but yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, what do you have, Jordan? Uh, so yeah, moving on. Definitely not uh, quite as profound as how the the brain works. Um, this show is so stupid, but I love it. Um, so yeah, it's called Nathan for you. Um, basically, it's about this guy, uh, Nathan Fielder who uh, gradu- well, supposedly graduated from a, a business school in Canada with really good grades. He makes that very clear. Mm. Um, basically, it's sort of like a quasi-reality show where like okay. one of those ones where you don't really know what's real, what's fake, does it matter? Okay. Um, and it's sort of shot very much like a kind of like a documentary style TV show. Basically, the concept is that he uh, goes out to try to help struggling small businesses succeed with um, sort of left of field, out of the box ideas, which are more often than not uh, very wrongheaded <laughs> and quite often maybe even border on illegal. Um, but yeah, they um, basically he just has all these really weird ideas to try to help these businesses uh, succeed. And so they go ahead with them. And basically what we get is the result of his business ideas and whether or not they're a success. Um, I'm kind of on board with that. I like so, that. So, yeah, and the really, like, the best part about it is that Nathan himself is just such a strange dude. Like, he's very um, very socially awkward, um, has, throughout the series, he kind of um, has this character arc where he has, uh, like, issues with intimacy, okay. and, like, sort of trying to, um, just basically how to communicate with humans and sort of how to make friends and things like that. Um, there's a really great episode actually that kind of goes a bit off um, kilter. So it's not so much about a small business. It's more so about him proving that he's fun to be around. Okay. So, so he um, finds someone on Craigslist that's just looking for like someone to hang out with and um, basically covertly tests his blood for um, like serotonin to scientifically prove that of he's course, a fun yeah. person to yeah. be around. <laughs> Um, oh, nothing's more fun than showing the paperwork for why somebody should be entertained yeah, by you. Exactly. <laughs> and it's especially towards like the end, cause there's four seasons and then it was kind of done. Um, towards the end, he starts to um, try all these different experience, like experiments as to um, kind of improving how he is with people, like not being so uh, awkward or like trying to get really good with intimacy. Okay. Very strange ways that he goes about it, but um, I probably won't even get into them because they're pretty... Um, does the, on, so. does, does the uh, show resolve by, um, by the end of the fourth season? In a sense, it's not so much that it resolves. It just kind of, I guess, pushes his personal story okay. throughout the four seasons where he's okay. kind of trying to be a better person, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I guess the last episode actually, I guess, kind of does. It's sort of like a movie-length uh, episode where okay. rather than helping a business... He's helping this old man uh, track down a woman who he fell in love with in like the 50s. Oh, okay. So he's doing a really nice thing, but 
he's not really doing it too well and it doesn't doesn't right. turn out great. Um, but yeah, the crux of the show is, and most of the episodes follow uh, two businesses per episode where he's basically just trying to help them succeed with all these strange ideas. So I uh, brought in a list of some of his best. Oh, excellent. So, okay. <laughs> um, one of my personal favorites uh, was a gas station uh, offering incredibly cheap gas, but after rebate. And the rebate, uh, not like a mail-in rebate or a form you fill out, uh, the rebate has to be delivered to a drop box, which is at the top of a mountain that is a two-hour hike from the base. <laughs> okay. Um, we had a Hollywood gift shop um, that lured in tourists by basically uh, pretending that there was a movie being shot there at the time okay. that starred Johnny Depp, yep. uh, including hiring a real Johnny Depp impersonator <laughs> to be there. Terrific. And basically, the business would make money because they'd be filming um, sort of transaction scenes in the store, okay. but the customers would really be paying for those products. And it turns out- That's um, brilliant. Yeah. And it turns out, so he actually talks to a lawyer about it, and it turns out that that's fraud. And, <laughs> and, and to avoid a fraud charge, he would have to actually make a movie. So they take that footage <laughs> and they shoot another film uh, or some other scenes to make what you could loosely call a film. Okay. And it's then entered into a film festival, which Nathan himself had to run oh. to avoid being charged with fraud. That's incredible. Um, so we had an auto repair shop uh, where the... Uh, mechanic basically had to give the customers their quotes whilst hooked up to a polygraph test <laughs> so nice, that the customer yep. knows they're getting a good deal. Yep. That one is pretty good. That's good. Uh, we had a removalist service. I mean, they're, um, all, they're all gimmicks, but they're fun. They yeah. are. Um, so a removalist service, uh, which was masked as like an exercise fad <laughs> so that they're essentially getting free labor. Yep. <laughs> yes, I like it. I and like it. the people are paying to be a part of, course, of the yeah. exercise. <laughs> um one That's of the good. That's good. That people really would. People pay to like yeah. live on farms and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so one, one of the more wrong-headed ones uh, was uh, Nathan got particularly upset that um, people who were overweight wouldn't get to experience what it's like to uh, go horseback riding. <laughs> so he devised a plan where you could le use uh, helium balloons to <laughs> offset and alleviate the pressure on the horse okay. so that those people could have that experience. Okay. Um, Horses are very strong animals. Oh, can you imagine, uh, look at me and picture me on the back of a horse. I mean, I don't think you'd be comfortable. but like, I don't think the horse would be comfortable either. <laughs> Let's go medieval times though. Armor's not light. Like, it's not that heavy either. Metal, steel. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not like you know they're taking a ton of, uh, you know, a slab of metal. It's, I thought it's, the whole point was you can barely move not because it's so heavy. No, on the contrary. You could you could move remarkably well. Oh, I should get some armor. armor. I mean, that was the that whole was what was holding me back. I was holding me back, thinking I couldn't get around in it's it. But now that I know I'm fine, it's not like a you know an oven plate Ned Kelly style where you're just kind of lumbering around. This was you know proper battle armor mm. was specifically made so that you had a lot of movement and it was as light as it could be. I think yeah. it was free in the joints, so you could physically move around. But I just I just imagine that they were weighed down significantly yeah, by so. the actual. I'm going to give it a googs, not because I think you're wrong, because I'm genuinely curious of the average weight of armor. Well, so. it's <laughs> It's it's not that it's not heavy, but the point is is that it if it's manufactured and, and designed in such ways to give you movement and yeah, okay, there's twenty or thirty kilos of it, but it's distributed around your body in such a way that you don't necessarily feel the weight at any one at any one place. Right. Okay. Okay, it's yeah. it's not as heavy as I thought it would be, but it's still a decent chunk. Yeah. Um but it's your full body. Like I've worn, I've worn a weight vest, which has the exact same weight mm -hmm. as this just on my chest. Yeah. So this is distributed throughout the whole entire body. But the average uh, full plate armor set 
it says average and gives you a bloody 10 kilo differential, but 15 <laughs> to 25 kilograms. Yeah. So 33 to 55 pounds. Mm-hmm. I've worn a weight vest of 30 kilos. So on my chest and back, that's fucked. But that's um, not where you would wear but it. Saying, but that's just in one yeah, spot. Yeah, that right. feels horrible. This is spread out throughout your entire body. Yeah. Especially so much on your legs as well, which obviously yeah, quite strong. That's, that's true, not yeah. too bad, actually. You could, probably, I mean, you could probably do a bit of a short sprint in that without you can, before you get tired. You can imagine how heavy eight bottles of water are carrying in a bag. But if you had, you know, two holding up in um, on your on your chest, uh, you know, a couple more strapped to your legs, a couple on your on your hips, and maybe two on your on your arms and such, you wouldn't feel all that weight like yeah, you, like you would in bags. So like, the, yeah. the funny yeah. thing is now my Googling has given me, without even searching it, pictures of horses also wearing set armor <laughs> with knights <laughs> wearing that armor as well. It's beautiful, isn't it? Horse armor? It is, but I'm saying like yeah. now, now the horse is wearing armor <laughs> and an armored person. <laughs> We should buy some armor. I don't think a horse would be comfortable <laughs> with Fuck. me on it. I don't think it is. I well, need armor. Well, if you armor. had helium balloons attached to you to alleviate the weight, though, <laughs> I could I could get that experience. Idea. Yeah, perfect. It's, there's this lovely picture, of uh, a portrait I'm looking at of um, Charles III, III of Spain, and he's got like all this regalia, like covering on top of his armor, not wearing the helmet, has his little little pompous haircut, and he looks like he's wearing an actual suit comparatively. Like mm-hmm. uh, like this is great. Is it time that we we did away with you know traditional button up suits and just went back to armor? Because <laughs> he looks so regal. I'm well, all for it. Do you know where the salute comes from? How it has its origins? It's about soldiers lifting up their visor to oh. I- identify themselves oh. to their to their lord. Or I to would never thing. do that. They, they would always think <laughs> you I would was just an be imposter. the Black Knight. Yeah. <laughs> This is great. Okay, so this has just changed where my life is headed. <laughs> That's a lot of armor for this horse. Seb's an armor guy now. <laughs> this whole this horse I'm looking at is full armor. Like they armored its its horse legs. That seems like a lot of armor. Sorry, it sounds like animal cruelty to it, me. It sounds like the horse would not be onto this. Oh, I've distracted us. I've hold. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, yeah, the show is really good. Um, I'm going to look it up. It sounds fantastic. The best part about What's it is it on? That, Sorry, Netflix? Or? Um, I don't actually know if it's streaming anywhere in Australia, Whoa. but if you just check it out on YouTube, there's tons of clips of it. Mm. Um, oh. But yeah, like the, the, best, it the best part is just Nathan as a person, like he honestly feels like he's doing so so much good for these people. Right. And like his delivery is just so earnest and like deadpan at the same yes. time. And he's just such an awkward person, but it makes the show. Like if he was like a confident businessman presenting these ideas, it just wouldn't be the same. <laughs> And yeah, it's it's so great. It's just so easy to watch unless you get unless you like feel really weird about like awkwardness because there's <laughs> so much awkwardness in the show. Like, of course. But yeah, it's super super enjoyable. I highly recommend it if you can track it down. Um, I watched it on Hulu just because I okay. have a VPN, yep. so I can do that. But oh! if you want to um don't, don't if you're from the feds, I do not have a VPN. <laughs> um, it's not illegal yeah. to own a VPN. Is it in Australia? Australia? It is. Yeah. They are- Really? Illegal? Yeah. They, they're no, blatantly just advertised by sponsors on YouTube. No, you're not allowed to use them in Australia. Well, I definitely Interesting. do not. Because they're just advertised freely by people on YouTube and they're not <laughs> restricted to advertise them into Australia. Well, no, I mean, it's 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 the equivalent of saying nobody's allowed to wear masks and then, you know, but we can't identify if you're wearing your mask. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, that's true. But nobody's allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> I just figured, like, you can own it, but you can't use it. One of those stupid yeah. laws, and it has—I right. mean, it has security applications that are far more important than you know skirting you know Netflix geographical yeah, boundaries yeah. that you know are being ignored. It's so stupid. But, but what am I going to use it for? I'm going to use it for exactly that <laughs> and security. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> I've got nothing to hide. 
I do. I have lots to hide. Don't of look into you've, that. You've got a credit card number to hide and yeah, yeah. personal information, passwords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah sure, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> just, just get me behind that paywall. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the variety hour, I guess. So well done. We'll be back on Monday with Scream Two. Yeah, yeah, you'll love it. Mm. I assume. No. It's good. Yeah. I'm going to predict that I hate the balls often. I'm going to predict that I give it a solid <laughs> 51%. <laughs> Is that roughly about it? I don't know. Passing grades. Um, <laughs> Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. I promise one day we'll have a more natural way of jumping into the into socials. That felt quite good. But not today, right, I got Jordan? the No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm looking at it. Uh, you can go to Facebook slash. I'm gonna guess that it's slash Second Take Media Review Podcast. I think it's just. Like, I think just the actual take? URL is just Second Take. I yeah. oh, nailed it. All right. Well, either way, that or use the little search bar and type in Second Take. Yeah, there's, there's actually some great take. great memes posted on there this week. Actually, <laughs> really yeah. good content. You guys are welcome. Um, I um. I did find a Second Take YouTube channel that exists. They've released three videos, and it was about some kind of American sport. So I really think that we're in a position to take them down. So um, we'll get on that eventually. Um, Buy them out, boys. <laughs> Road trip. So we do have a website, secondtakepodcast.com. Over three years of material there. If you want to support the show, we have a patreon.com slash secondtake. Can I do that? Just streamline that. Well, it's an email, secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. Is that it? I think that's it. That's it. And if you have a film that you'd like to submit to us. You've made this film or a friend of yours has made this film. This yeah. is an independent film, not a well, film that you've just found. We won't <laughs> shit on it. It'll be you know, a genuine you know, critique of what we liked and didn't. And we'd love to have a discussion with you as well, for the most part. Yeah. So we've got a, on the website, there is a submission page there where you can submit. Um, if you want to have us to review one of your films, we'd like to definitely feature on an episode of the Variety Hour. Um, yeah. I think that'll be fun. Absolutely. Do it. I dare you to do it. And if you don't do it, you're a coward. Do when, it. When do we get the second take uh, TikTok account? Oh, <laughs> I don't have time to run a TikTok account, but if you guys want to do that, I won't stop you. Do you know what TikTok Come even on, is? Come on, they just... I think I talked about this <laughs> before. No, that was on a different show. You're welcome. Yeah, but see, I I am, yeah. I'm a hero. I'm on board. I like TikTok. It's the Vine successor. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Un- the one unofficially. Yeah, don't make us do it. All right. <laughs> um, well, we'll see you on Monday. Thank you very much. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.